Hello and welcome to Zvorovcast, the English language Zvorovka but no podcast that nobody asked for. My name's David. And I am jealous of your guitar. Yes, you had a little play around while I was setting up, didn't you? And I also had a go of your guitar. Hey! Hey! Um, it's a lovely thing. Yes, it's a, a Gretsch Electromatic. Big old Gretsch. In, yeah, in big old orange. It's pretty, isn't it? It's good. Yeah. It, yeah, enjoyed the guitar. So good. well done on you for, for having money. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yes, it's a, a slightly early birthday present to myself. On to so. teams with no money. It's Barovka Burno. playing. Indeed, they well. We're I mean, back. yeah, you say playing. Uh, we've got two games to look back on, two games to look forward to, with a due sense of exhaustion and dread. Um, we've got beer of the podcast, hot or not. We've got a what's the deal with one of the places that we've been, and we've got a listener's mailbag. <laughs> love to like, like love Radio to, Moscow. <laughs> yeah, love to love to rummage around in our listeners' bags. This is, as it uh, were. Uh, two, uh, two euphemisms already and we're not a minute in. Indeed. Fantastic. This is setting the tone. Yeah. Um, so, um, sure. Should we talk should about we, some football? Should we, should we, should we look at what's, what's happening with young Boleslav? <laughs> Why don't we? We trekked uh, a fair distance up to yeah. uh, Young Boleslaw, didn't we? Yes, we uh, we made the uh, the trip duty bound to tick off one more um, stadium for both of us, I believe. Yeah, Neither it was. Been to yeah, Boleslav it was a very before. it was a very old school Royal Cast Gentleman Ultras trip. It was just me and thee. Yes. Um. Up, and it was it was not that tricky. It was leaving Bono at like nine a.m. Reasonably. Yeah, I mean, reasonably good because then you get into Colleen, you have a fifty-five minute no it connection. Was, yeah, well, it was a, a fifteen-minute wait and then a forty-five-minute run from Colleen to Boleslav, Hlavak. Yeah, and then that six-minute insane dash to Boleslav Miesto. Yeah, that was yeah, a, that weird. was an interesting one. Um, yeah, not actually that difficult to to get to, really. I think that, you know, my complaint on the day was that I just wasn't nearly drunk enough. Well, you'd, you'd knackered your foot, though, hadn't you? Yes, so. and I was on things that meant I couldn't drink. So I had... You know what the mistake was, I realised? What was the mistake? No. The mistake was saying, you know, I'll have a beer. Right. And then the beer that I had was a beer at the game, watching the yes. football. Where you're never going to get a good beer at the football, unless you are Victoria Zizhkov for some yeah. reason. And also, particularly when it's that cold, you're standing around and like passing it from hand to hand because you have yeah. to warm up your other hand in a pocket now and again. Yeah. Was, wasn't, yeah. uh, wasn't enjoying the beer. Um, we, I would you know, I think it's worth saying that we did not see Mlada Boleslav as in, you know, Mlada Boleslav, the, the old town. town. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna um, look at that in a in a second. But we also didn't see an awful lot of football. It was nil nil. Mm-hmm. Um, fair result. <sighs> just about, I would say, just about. Um, actually, when I've been talking to people about the match, um, you know, in the in in the past week, uh, I think my analysis was that I've to be honest, I've seen worse nil nils. Um, I think actually. Even though maybe not so much stuff happened, I thought it was actually an entertaining enough encounter. It was, yeah. Particularly the first half. I thought the first half really had a pendulum swing. I thought it, you know, at first was was you know all in 
Boleslav sort of corner. And then, yeah, and then we, we had a very yeah, good Yeah, after about 20, 20 minutes. minutes, we really came good. And we, yeah, we, we really kind of saw the first half out quite strongly. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I would say we just about edged the first half. I mean, you know, like number of corners. We had that spell where we had oh. sort of six corners on the bounce and surprise, yeah. surprise, nothing came of any of them. That's, yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, both, both teams had, I think, one really good chance that half. The, I think the difference was that one of them ended up being quite a good save and the other one we didn't really get shot off. Yeah, there was that kind of one scramble where nobody could make up their mind who was going to take it on and it sort of bounced around and nobody could quite get it under control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it sort of dribbled sort of wide, basically. Yeah. Um, in the second half, uh, a bit some alley acrobatics, which we didn't really see from where we were in the kind of far end mm-hmm. quarter of the stadium. Uh, watching the highlights back, it he, he was incredible to yeah. sort of get that overhead kick away, which oh, Shedder yeah. manages technique. to turn around the post. Um, Berkey gets to make a, you know, sort of save for the cameras, uh-huh. as it were. And and Skoda hits the bar with one of those headers that's it's not really going anywhere. It just, everyone stops and it sort of plops off the yeah. top of the woodwork. And that would have been... That would have been unfair if that had gone in. Yeah. Like, I mean, the way that I sort of analysed the game was that I think that, like, Boleslav absolutely had the better chances. Like, if, if you actually think about that shot in the, um, actually to, at the end of the first half where Berkovets has to get down and he's a mm. pretty full stretch. Yeah. To um, And he does very well to not actually parry it into the foot of, mm. um, I think it's Marek Sukomel that's advancing. Like, he does very well there. It's a good save. And that is, I think, that and hitting the post, Boleslav, were the two biggest chances of the game. But I think just in terms of, like, general control, I thought Zborovka looked pretty good until the last 10 minutes, and then it just started to look a little bit wobbly. Um, This is after we'd taken off quite a lot of attacking threat. This is by the time Ali had gone, for example. Mm. Um, People, you know, the front line is also getting tired as well, because remember that, you know... um, Adam Fosek got injured in the first minute. And yeah, after had to go sort off of 45 after seconds, he did his shoulder, didn't he? Yeah, so. so then I think he was replaced by Jan Hladik. And then at that point, Jan Hladik, he hasn't played 80 minutes for, you know, <laughs> yeah. some time. So it was going a little bit, getting a little bit impotent, let's say, up front. Mm. Uh, the, probably the conditions didn't help. It wasn't, it was quite calm, but it was cold. Yeah. So not really one for really busting a gut and trying to... Yeah. I mean, all, thing, all things considered, we didn't lose against a very competent, very well-drilled upper-mid-table team. We look quite organised. Yeah. And the one thing that I, I say as well, and I, I tweeted this and I think people saw this, is that we... That was, you know, it's been a while since we actually kept a clean sheet. I thought the defence looked reasonably good. And the defence looked reasonably good, and we'll get on to this probably, um, because we didn't... It, there wasn't the end-all... Shural pairing in the centre of the park. Mm-hmm. It was one of them. It was Shural. Yeah. And they're, they're... it was Shural. Hrabina moved inside. Kozilo at right back and Divishek on the left, mm-hmm. who we haven't seen really anything of yeah. this season. But, uh, <laughs> see, but we see we, a bit more of we, him in the next We will game. in a minute. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, yeah, I think nil nil was sort of fair enough. And uh, yeah, let's actually let's find out what the deal is with Mlada Boleslav before we move on to anything else. Right, Mlada Boleslav is around 30 miles or 45 kilometres northeast of Prague. It's um, 
I mean, I've said this before, it's a factory with a town attached. We didn't actually see the town, did we, really? The, no. The, the kind of, like, the sort of historic centre for what it is is really small. Uh-huh. Built around a sort of gothic... I mean, it's barely even a castle. It's just, like, on a road junction. It's not that special. We kind of caught a sort of glimpse of the outline on the train, yeah. you remember, going in. but It, it uh, looked okay, um, but then and then we went to a place that was just... Yeah. Yeah, Newtown factory. I mean... Um, One very long road. Yeah, and when I say factory, the population of Mladovoloslav is around 41,000, 23,000 of which work for Škoda. It is... Remarkable. Like, that is what it is. It yeah. is the Škoda car factory. That's it. Um, it was a good point made by somebody on the Facebook page afterwards mm-hmm. that the fact that there were basically no fans there is because nobody is from there. It's yeah. all you know, either foreign workers or people from different parts of the country have come in to work for Skoda and they don't care. They don't care about Boleslav, the football club. They've all got, you know, other things to be doing, like building cars. But, uh, yeah. Building Um, cars or following Slavia. Yeah. yeah. Uh, We went to the Skoda Museum, though. We did. It was uh, uh, 100 crowns for about half an hour's diversion. It was yeah fairly nice diversion I didn't get to annoy enough people by going around going Škoda das auto <laughs> uh, the museums are um, 100 crowns the factory tour is 300 crowns but we didn't have the requisite two hours that I think you need yeah. to do it uh, I would like to go on the factory tour I think it sounds quite interesting but yeah maybe for next time there probably won't be a next time but by hey. yourself yeah um, what did I find out about Boleslav? The mayor is an ODS mayor, and he's one Radovan Nualati, who's sure half Syrian. He, I'm sure he's a nice enough. He's not not necessarily odious. <laughs> Very good. Um, yes, he's quite he's quite famous. Yeah, he's half Syrian, and uh, in classic fashion, he's come under criticism over many years for refu- uh, refusing to declare his taxable assets. Uh, his main excuse being that because of the war in Syria, it's impossible to know how many properties he owns. God, that doesn't sound like an ODS. No, not at all. Official. No, never. Notable people from Boleslav are few, because it's a quite a small town, obviously. Yes. Uh, but do include legendary Olympic spear chucker Jan Jelesny. Aha, Iron, yes. Iron Jan. <laughs> um, he of the record yeah. that will never be broken. The do you know this? Lad. Yes, because they... I can't remember what... Did they not change the weight or something of the javelin? Yeah, they changed the design of the javelin because he hit 98.4 metres... And he was after, like, spearing lads on the track yeah. if he chucked it any further. So they had to change the design. However, until September 2020, he was the only athlete to have thrown over 95 metres with the redesigned javelin, a feat which he achieved three <laughs> times when nobody else managed it. What a beast. Yeah, no, no, like, just, no, just, just really good uh, at chucking sticks. Just, like, <laughs> if, you know, there really is nothing to do in Vlad of Boleslav, <laughs> isn't there? Yeah. You just, what are you doing today? Just got in the field <laughs> yeah. with my with my big thing of metal. <laughs> with a big stick. Um interestingly, actually, the 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 uh women's stick record uh or stick chucking record is also held by a Czech, uh Baras Potakova. Uh-huh. Since two thousand and eight she hasn't been beaten. Wow. Yeah. Czechs good at chucking sticks in fields. Yeah, good at that, yeah. Yeah, very good. Um do you want to hear a band from Boleslav? <clears throat> I believe I have no choice, but let's see yes. You, you, you do have no choice. Uh, I didn't use gash. <laughs> uh, I didn't use... Not enough, not enough gash on the podcast, in my opinion. <laughs> I didn't use hipsteri, who desperately want to be Pete Doherty with their 
awful, try-hard, spontaneous-sounding acoustic nonsense. Oh, no. Um, I didn't use Michael's Cathedral. I was very close to using them. They're a sort of acoustic guitar, cello, cajon group who sound like sort of REM at their softer kind of green out-of-time okay. period. Uh-huh. They're quite nice. And I also didn't use Clavitos, which is a folk trio of um, sort of early 20s girls whose cover of Royals by Lord I was quite taken with. Uh-huh. Um, instead, you're getting uh, Sasha Niklitschkova, okay. who is an according-wielding chansonneuse, the kind you will get at sort of village folk festivals with a sort of a stand-up bass and acoustic guitar okay. backing. Um, I'm a big fan of this sort of thing, and she's a particularly likable example. Okay, I'm so, looking forward uh, to this. Yeah, thing. it goes something like this. Sasha Niklitschkova there. Yes. Fan? Sounds quite like... Uh, Jarek Nohovica did a bunch of ones like that that's, as well. Yeah, that's the sort of idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very um, sort of Czech village storytelling yes. folksy. This yeah, is, yes. slightly slightly kind of cynical <laughs> edge to it. But Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Backroom of a, of a pub. Absolutely, with yeah. With whitewashed walls sort of thing, yes. Yeah, <laughs> smoke-stained whitewashed this walls. This is it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh... Yeah, fan of that. Um, right, what have we got next? We can have... Yes. This is the point where you get to choose. We can have hot or not, or we can look at Victoria Poulsenier. Uh Let's go for hot or not. Okie doke. Sometimes I feel I just can't find a hot or not And things go wrong no matter what I do now I feel maybe I fight it just too much, but your heart or not are here to see me through. Yeah. I absolutely know that. Um, you've got the love? It, it is. Okay, yeah. If you can give me the artist, it, I'll be amazed. Is it... F- I, I, I don't trust myself on this, so I could be wrong. Is it Florence and the Machine? It's not. No. Uh, well, they, I, maybe they did a cover of it. Yeah, so the, you got the love. Yeah. That's, it? yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, they did do a cover of it. This is, this is not the original. The original was from the 80s, but in 91, oh, okay. it was Candy Statton was the original. Oh, okay. And this is The Source featuring Candy Statton is the one I'm going to play on the end. Uh-huh. Because it was released in 1991, and it was one of my kind of... Like, when I was sort of eight or nine, I got really obsessed with it. Okay. Because it was yeah. on the radio quite a lot. So I yeah. taped it off the radio and I would, like, obsessively listen to it. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. And for taping, some reason... Taping it off the radio, destroying the music industry. I know. For some reason, it popped into my head today. I haven't thought about this song for probably <laughs> ten years. And I was like, Things this, this is like that, amazing, it? yeah. There you go. Anyway. Right. Well, I didn't know that was a cover. So, yeah. big gap in my music knowledge. I mean, the the uh, Florence version is a cover of a cover of a cover. So. I mean, yeah, this is it. And I, I slag Hannah off for not knowing things are covers. But, you know, terrible. All right. Right, I'm going to start with a not. Okay, go on. 
Well, now then, just as Man City's financial shenanigans and yeah. general carpet baggery have come to light yeah. uh, over the last day or so, uh, Morecambe fans are looking nervously towards whatever the fit and proper person's test is now. What's happened? Uh, they're about to be taken over by a 20-year-old called, uh, forgive my pronunciation, Sarbjot Johal, apparently listed as chairman of private equity firm Saab Capital and director of drinks company Vitamnik Limited. This can only go well. Oh, dear. Yes. I feel this is a young man fronting for some dodgy organisation somewhere who want in right. at Morecambe, Morecambe FC of all places. But yeah. Cheap. So that's yeah, going to go but, horribly wrong. That's yeah, I mean, like, this is this is another test for the Premier League. If they if they are genuinely... I mean, they're not genuinely going in for for the fit and proper person's thing, because if they had, Manchester City would not be in this mess now. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, yeah. that's a topic for not another day, because I can't be bothered. But oh. yeah, you know, hashtag pray for Morecambe yeah. at this mm-hmm. point. Um, do you have a hot or a not? Yeah, I've, I've got a few written down. I might just okay. go through a couple of just you know half knots, half right, hot fair enough, yeah. So we'll just start with what I think must be a must be a a, a knot is going to be the loss of the second most Brendan Rodgersy character in the uh, Premier League, which is Jesse Marsh has gone at Leeds. Oh, I thought um your your boy at Southampton had been sacked and I hadn't heard about it. Oh yeah, he's also really <laughs> Nathan, bad. Nathan Jones is very yeah. Brendan Rodgers. J- Jesse Marsh, man, for like. Everything like it's it's like he's like an American David Brent because he's sort of like he has a sort of Brent characteristics, but he also he also talks about football the way that I think an American talks about football <laughs> if you know what I mean and not in a good way. Like I heard a, a, an interview or a thing he was talking about, like the day when he was talking about you know we both have the same goal we're looking to we're looking to kick the ball in the goal in the center of the field and it's like it's not in the center of the field. What are you on about? You see, I think that's the kind of thing where, <clears throat> like, if you look at Sean Dyche after Everton beat Arsenal, his post-match interview was very, yeah. you know, what was the plan, Sean? Kick it in their goal. Don't let it in our goal, you eat, bastard. Eat you know, pie. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, coming from Sean Dyche, all of the press pack are going to lap that up. Mm-hmm. But, but when, like, I feel that's Jesse, Jesse Marsh trying to kind of ingratiate himself by kind of... You know, hey, you know, I know how to make football simple, blah blah blah, and just it just sounds odd. It's you know what it's, it sounds odd. Whatever language he tries to speak, saying it, I think, as well. You'll remember like all his um, inspirational um, video. You know when he's um, I think it was his Salzburg. I think he was when uh, you know he's going in and it's a sort like, of mad yeah, mix of we German have to and we have American. to win the ball. You know, yeah, yeah. What are you on about? <laughs> like, yeah, strange man. Yeah. He'll be he'll be missed by by some. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't in that fucking Champions League, yeah? <laughs> just, 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 just you know, in the nicest possible way, and and I honestly say this sincerely because we have uh, we do have American listeners to to this we do. Um, to this podcast, including of course you know like Americans who actually come to games yes. you know, with us as well. But he seemed to me a very American football manager, not as bad as Bob Bradley. I mean, yeah, some way to become Bruce Arena, Bruce <laughs> Arena in itself, in itself, just it's like that's just that. I just he could play he could play any sport. I just I'm not surprised there's someone called Bruce Arena in sports, plural. 
That's actually where Morecambe are going to start playing now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Bruce Arena. It's going to be straight arena. It's going to be bloody lovely, lads. You're going to absolute. You're going to have a. You're going to have a lovely time, boys. <laughs> the Bruce Arena. The Bruce Arena. <laughs> anyway, um, you were going to work through some of your. Uh, okay, I'll go some for. Of your I'll go for another one. Um, uh, this is a hot, mm-hmm. which I don't know if you might have as well, but it's the Wrexham Tinfoil FA Cup. Oh yeah, lovely stuff. Go that on. was very good. So, um, I mean, the, one of the best things about the FA Cup is someone making a tinfoil trophy anyway. Yep. But the fact that it had a flap on it to then deliberately, you know, fall down and reveal the message, fuck, fuck the, the Tories. Tories. When it was uh, the BBC camera focused on it, good work all round, Wrexham, mm. for a, a club that I generally don't find agreeable. That was quite an agreeable moment. Yeah. Um, I've only got a hot uh, left, and I was going to mm. leave it till the end because I think it is one of the best hots we've ever had, or one of the nicest hots we've ever had. So is this, is this now the end? Um, you've, okay, you've I'll put, do. You put your notes down. I'll so. do a very quick one. Go I'll on. do a very quick one, which is lower league teams' graphics for games. <laughs> so, right. uh, so I'm just think, thinking about. I was thinking about this the other day because, you know, if you're doing, you know, if you tweet for games and stuff, every player has a you know a goal one mm-hmm. with his day or a picks up a yellow card, you know, and things like that. My first thought was in places, you know, in, in divisions like Scot Scottish League Two. Why are clubs having graphics for everyone getting yellow cards? Because it happens... A lot of yellow cards. All the fucking time. But also, I just saw an inexplicable thing by Wraith Rovers. Um, because Wraith Rovers um, got, you know, they um, they terminated or whatever the contract of uh, Jan Friedrichsen, who's their Faroese player. And they had a special graphic that they put up onto <laughs> it, which just had him, like, you know, with the arms behind, you know, sort of yeah. like photo. But at the top just said, Friedrichsen released. <laughs> and it's like I that can't remember I can't remember ever seeing anything like no, that that's not so even weird. you know wishing him all the best and all that stuff or you know usually it comes with a photo of him you know in happier times when he's kicking the ball into the net or something like that and you know it's like thanks for the memories big Frido or something like that but like just having a, this graphic Fredrickson released also with his hands behind his back it doesn't look like he's been released yeah, very good. Very it's like good. he's been cuffed up. I just was like, who then goes, oh, we're going to need a bunch of player-released graphics. Yeah. And then at least, does everyone in Wraith Rover squad just have one? <laughs> yeah, just for when get, they just put a, up. That's a depressing thing. On the on that 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 day that you get to do all the photos for that, it's like, right, yeah. we we need a goal. We need a, you know, starting lineup photo. Yeah. We need, you know, yellow card just in case you get booked. We're also going to need one just in case we sack you. Just on, yeah. we, need, we need a gif of you looking really sad. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it didn't work out. Yeah, <laughs> mad. Weird. Mm. Right, you've given this quite the um, quite the build up. So um, um, I just ears. think it's nice. Uh, my I just think hot... it's nice. <laughs> I just think it's neat. I think my hot is Sebastian Allaire. He signed for... I mean, he didn't have the best of times at West Ham. Uh, Ten goals in 50-something games, I think, for West Ham. Yeah. Moved back to Ajax, started ripping things up again. Mm -hmm. Or moved to Ajax, started ripping things up again. Got his next big move to Dortmund on July 6th, 2022. July 18th is diagnosed with testicular cancer and undergoes treatment... A really nasty spate of treatment. It seems two surgeries and four cycles of chemo. Ugh. On January twenty second, he comes on as a sub against Augsburg. That's his first appearance for his new side. And on the Saturday just gone, 
it's the seventh, I think. He scored his first Dortmund goal in front of the yellow wall on World Cancer Awareness Day. Did you find out there was such a thing called World uh, World Cancer Awareness Day because purely of because goal? of this? Yeah, yeah. And I think that that's actually one of the best things about it because it was so widely retweeted and yeah. so forth. And you know, as somebody who's Parents have both had and beaten the big C. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just it's just really nice to see. And, you know, as a man now hurtling towards a certain age, hey, guys, go and have a finger shoved up your ass just to check. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think he was a doctor, though. <laughs> um, this is, uh, yeah. Like, no, I, just, I just think it's a, it's a nice story. It brings it round. Yeah. yeah, no, it brings it full circle very nicely, I think. So. Yes. No, that is a that is a that's a a, a heart, tugging on the heartstrings, sort of inspirational music, something the power of football sort of thing. That's that's right. Yeah. I am sort of taking the piss, but it is a good thing to see. It is, yeah, because I think we all get very cynical, don't we? And sometimes there's good stuff. Yeah. that goes on. Out yeah, there. and also very careless. And if this reminds even one percent of the blokes watching to, you know, be careful about this sort of stuff because yeah. you know you're not invincible. This is true. So, um, I yeah. don't know if Danny Invincible ever had the big Invincible. <laughs> <laughs> I know I know it looks like Invincible, but yeah. <laughs> Danny Invincible. Danny Invincible. Man. Anyway, we've 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 taken that down as low as we can go. Um as <laughs> as his as his doctor did. Um so <laughs> Oh dear. <laughs> right. Uh Victoria pulls in. Yeah, cool. That was cold, wasn't it? Yes. Yes. Very, very, um, very cold. It was minus whatever all day. Yeah, minus whatever. It's been minus seven today. Yes, it's just been a cold few days, it basically. Has, yeah. Um, and what's so frustrating about the game? Uh, it finished three-one um, to Victoria at uh, Subska. Yeah. What's so frustrating is we could have taken something here. We were 1-0 up at the end of the first half. We scored early through a stooping uh, Mikhail Shevchik header, which I missed because I was in the loo. Yes. Classic. Good um, uh, good camera angle for the for it on there. Uh, yeah, Rando. yeah. Um, and um, Texel had already hit the bar with a sort of speculative looping half-cross, half-shot. Cr- the the cl- cross-come-shot, as the uh, term goes. <clears throat> and worth saying... Different lineup, different approach, by the way, before we go on further. Yeah. This was very different. We didn't have Ali starting, for example. Yeah, we it had was... both Mateoff and Divišek on yes. the pitch, I think. This was very much um, an attempt at a tactic. Um, by, <laughs> an attempt at a tactic uh, is basically Scarlett, yeah, the best you can say. Um, which was um, basically very much along the lines of, we got pumped 4-0 by them last time. Um, let's try and counter-attack them this time and not be so open. Yeah, we're going to come to that. Uh, yeah, I mean, Shevchik's header after seven-odd minutes. Uh, yeah, Texel had already hit, hit hit the bar by then. And Philip Sojic brought an incredible save out of Yinja Stanyek oh, from that free really, kick. Really good free kick, yeah. Yeah, we could have been two or possibly three up by half-time. They, like, the last ten minutes of the half-time, Ashori brings an... 
an equally good, fairly point blank stop out of Berkey, if mm-hmm. you remember, it was on that sort of yeah. jerky upward, you know, yes. tips it over the bar stop from from Hori. But that's about it for the first half. The yeah, the um, we looked like uh, I mean, we looked great for I want to say twenty five minutes. Yeah, that's about it. And then I mean, like the thing is that Pilsen didn't do anything with their possession. But around about that 20 minute, half an hour mark, it did start to become really quite one-way traffic, though not as threatening as maybe I associate um, Victoria Pilsen as being, especially when you had, like they had a couple of free kicks in promising areas. Um, you had people like John Mascara over mm. them. Now, usually in that position, the, the, there was one, I think it was the first half actually, not too long after we scored. It was very early on. It was, it was on 10 minutes, I And think. it was one of, in one of those positions, and everyone who watches football on the pitch will know exactly the position I'm referring to here, one where it's just excellent for a free kick on the right side of the box. Yeah. For a left yeah. footer who's very good at scoring yeah. free kicks, you were like, oh dear. And I've seen John Mascara go up to these things enough to back John Mascara to, to, <laughs> yeah. to score. And it it wasn't actually well. It was it was quite nonchalantly sort of put wide, but that was that. And like you say, the Hori chance were really the only thing that were that created. And this is what I mean. Play. Like, and this is what I mean about being frustrated that we should have taken something from this because Pulsan were not all that. They did not look like a championship chasing yeah. side. They really didn't turn up. Um, the second half we started brightly as well. Um, Retnicek did a sort of. Old age Schwanzerer thing. He he chased down that ball, if you remember, that came into Yindra yes. Staniak's feet. Absolutely panicked him. Yeah. Um, the ball comes out to Hladik, who sort of looks rusty and sort of can't get his feet sorted out and fires yeah, it over. Get on target. Yeah. Um, and then Shevchik finds the little butcher with a wonderful outside of the foot pass yes. across the area, slices the. Defence in half. Resnicek, you know, takes a touch and puts it home. Wild, wild scenes, and it's offside because it's clearly offside. It's very offside. I mean, even at the time, it wasn't that well because I remember uh, a bunch of us like doing ah thing, but then and then going, is it standing? Yeah. Because it did. I mean, because it was one of these ones where it doesn't even looks like it needs to be pulled back. It just looked offside, you know. But it was also, it was one of those where you looked at the through ball or sort of replayed the through ball in your head and went, that's so good, it must be onside. Yeah, like, it was such a good through ball. It's like, it was so tightly threaded. It's like, surely he's on. But yeah, I mean, he was miles off. And just before you go on, David, or his link, the the problem with that goal is not maybe that the goal didn't stand. The problem is that when something like that happens and you have that sort of wild celebration, you're standing around for 30 seconds and then it just gets pulled back for a, for a free kick, you start to lose your concentration. Everything stops for tea. Yeah. So what happened next, Sam? Um, they went right up the pitch and scored a goal <coughs> that um, we have conceded around about 20 times this season. Absolutely. Straight down the other end. In the same move. Did, did you also count how many of our players were just standing around in the box? Because I paused the video to check again. Oh, it looks like there's six. Was it all of them? <laughs> six. Yeah, like... Only person that tries to go and challenge him is fucking Matty Rabina. In the, Yeah, basically, in the same move, the free kick is taken from the VAR saying it's offside, and in the same move, 
it gets to the other end. Mosquera crosses to Pavel Bucha, who takes a touch and yeah. slots it home through a statuesque. This is the thing. Defense of anyone who has bothered to get back at this point. In it, like this is like the. I mean, I mean, this is not new information. Like every single team in the league knows this by now, so it's not some trade secrets or whatever. If you just get it, if you get it to the to you know into the box to somebody's foot who is a I'm gonna say just even a half decent like number nine ever like you are going to have time to basically take a touch and pick your spot and just roll it. You don't need to even it doesn't even need to have pace on it. Every single player like in a in a red jersey will just watch you do it and then all look at each other with one of them with their hands out like that, going, well, it couldn't have been me. Mm. No. It, it's, we, we lose this goal like every second game, frankly. Yeah. So it's... It, it's 1-1, but it's not all over. And... Well... 10 minutes later, we, we do concede a second, but it's Jan Kopitz who bends in an absolute... Mm. worldy from the far edge of the area so he's sort of wide on the left and he bends it into the top right hand corner for about 35 yards out it's a yeah. it's a it's a hell of a hit yeah one of those ones where you know the collective you know you just there's nothing there's a collective stand just goes oof, oof. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay <laughs> that's fair yeah 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 um, there's I, I absolutely tried, nothing you can do yeah I tried that. to look for an angle where someone could be blamed no nope. Just really, um, it's really, really good. Yeah. And then Divishek gets gets sent off. Yes. Um, so that was fun. What's your thoughts on it? Um, it's it's clumsy, but at that point, it had got it had got quite messy, and the ref had got really card happy at that point as well. Yeah. He was booking everyone. Yeah. Is that a straight red? No. It's. It's also, I think, um, a lot of the things that happened, including uh, an injury to Philip Solcek, which looked not great. That a lot of it, the, I think, that was in the first half. In the first right? half. Because he looked, he, I'm going to say it was probably, by that point, our best player. Oh, yeah. Um, a lot of it, I think, is coming down to the fact that the surface is dog shit. Yeah, the surface is bad. It is an up. Appalling pitch at Subska. There were people going in, sliding in, and or or even trying to turn, and ankles going under yeah. and things like. It's an awful, awful surface for playing football in. And I think half of it was attempting a slide tackle, which on any other surface would have worked, but your legs just go under you and you just clatter knee first into the person in front of you, yeah. which is what happened to Josef Divyshek there. Yeah. I I I I I I think has he given the red because it studs because it's basically because it studs and just plants on his foot doesn't it? Yeah, but there again, I think it's it's just you know if you're by this time you might just be trying to protect your own legs. I mean, wasn't by not risking sliding across the turf. Wasn't VAR introduced to sort of like make sure that you know these were all done with you know. There's no more like sort of reasonable doubt. It was, you know, it was made it clear if it was a 
Yeah, but we don't know what VAR is for. Any, I mean, well, we do because you'll remember at Mlada Boleslav, the first time I've seen it was there was a three minute informational video before kickoff which explained <laughs> how VAR right. worked. That's right. It doesn't mean it's true, but it was there. Um, anyway, no. have you actually seen that in Scotland? They're giving handball penalties that aren't even in the rules. <laughs> Damn me! Oh dear. Anyway, um, in a last-minute effort to equalise, Berkovets comes up for a this corner. This was funny. This was good. We lose possession, and Adam Volkanova strolls the ball into an empty net for three-one. It is a, a, it's, it is the world of ice hockey meets football. It was a proper empty that, netter. That was actually what they said on the highlights. The <laughs> the highlights commentators was like, and in in an an, an ice hockey move. Basically, was, I just I just liked I just liked Berkovets. Um, um, like you know, sort of like trying to get amongst it or whatever, seeing where the ball has gone after it's gone out of the box, thinking about run and then just going, nah, giving up. <laughs> yeah. Um, so to be honest, like I mean, it's not. I mean, okay, technically it's a three-one game. We lost two-one to Victoria Pilsen. Yeah, basically. we did. Yeah, yeah. And that is two-one is better than four-nil, but, but it doesn't this really is, do anything. But this is what really winds me up. We should have had something. Yeah. Out of this, right? <laughs> Honza Kopitz's goal, you cannot regulate for that. It's brilliant. Everything else, yeah. self-inflicted. We should well, have been two or three nil up at half time. Victoria were so there for the taking. They were not very good. I mean, they were really not good. They didn't turn up, and mm. and we are not going to have a better chance at getting at least a point off them. For well, you know, it's. Well, we don't have to play them again. Yeah, but still, I mean, it really annoyed me. And um, are they at the? Are they in the cup still? I can't remember. I think they're at the cup. Anyway, I will. Well, I will. I will throw you this little uh, little beat. Uh, little bit. Uh, little uh, beat. Uh, Martin Veit, um at yes. the Men Offside on Twitter. Great account. Um, after the game, uh, Sporovka has a genuinely decent squad that should be capable of active front foot football. Mm-hmm. Instead, they slid unnecessarily into a deep, passive block against uh-huh. Pulzen. Pure self-destruction. No correction, no instruction, and no changes from the bench after the break. Here's why. Um, <laughs> you know what? Spot on. Yeah, um, this is what I was thinking about as well. Um, and I, I, this is, you know, I just want to actually just sound out what you think about this and actually what you think about this as well as a listener. Because I could just be completely, you know, sort of... Whistling in the dark. Yes, here. Um, are our players all fit? Because really the last couple... What I think has happened is that I think that we're quite good for an hour or 70 minutes... And then what just seems to happen is everything just slows down. Everything becomes like a bit more of a sort of a slog. And I think this is what happened at Mlada Boleslav, where, okay, conditions and so so and so forth. Because towards the end, Boleslav were pretty much all over us, but they couldn't really get through. And I think really what happened there was like, it, it did, there didn't seem to be much urgency after they, you know, equalised. I think it's a combination of the two things. I think that tactically, because we tend to slide back into a very deep block with no out ball, yeah. for the last 30 minutes of games, we are chasing shadows where we shouldn't be. We're running far too much. Mm-hmm. We're sending... Like, this was a perfect example. We were sending long pointless balls forward, and particularly forwards, particularly Resnicek 
who is, you know, shouldn't, you know, this is not, shouldn't be his job necessarily, is now sprinting around like a blue-arsed fly for half an hour and not getting a touch of the ball. If that's not knackering people out, I don't know yeah. what is. I think it's a... it. The problem with the fitness, particularly at the end of games, stems from the problem with the tactics, mm-hmm. which is we can't put our foot on it. We we can't reduce the speed of the game. We can't regain possession yeah. at certain points. And I think once that gets... like The two go hand in hand, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Anyway, I think that's... Also, shout out as well for when you're wanting to try and change a game and you put on Ragojan. Enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I think that's quite enough of mm. that. I think we've uh, we've come to some conclusions and haven't come to many others. So uh, let's move on from that to another terrifying prospect, which is Slavia away. If you're looking for a bounce back after a tough defeat. Things don't really come worse than who, Slavia Prague. Who better to play than Slavia Prague? Yeah, <laughs> uh, we're going to preface this by saying I don't think either of us are going to this. No, um, I am saving myself for Bohemians away. Yeah, and I've got a chaotic week coming up, and a fairly chaotic the week after next. So, and I've been to Slavia, I think four times, three or four times now. Yeah. However, there will be representatives going up. Uh, ben, Lee, Liam. And Alex, Alex I, think. I think, are all going up. And I'm giving Ben the the, the big flag tomorrow. So he's yeah. taken that up to get it hung as it's well. It's sort of so. like, you know, when you, um, you're in any other country or whatever and your mum votes for you. Yeah. Send them to Prague. Send them yeah. to Prague. Um, top of the table now, Slavia. Mm, yes. Yeah. Um, do you some decent European runs? Yeah. Last five years. Second last season. Pretty old three. racism. Yeah, from the three, three championships before. Yeah. When did we last win at Slavia Stadium? Ooh, I'm going to say 20. Is that right? 20? Yeah. It's not a... 15. Oh, very close. 2014. Oh. It's a Stanislav Vavra brace and a oh, Pavel Zavadil penalty. Bloody hell. Yeah. Um, Stanislav... Those are the only two goals Stanislav Vavra ever scored for Zvorovka. Yeah. Um, also worth keeping in mind that that was a season that Slavia Prague were absolute horseshit and they finished um, <laughs> they finished 11th. Yeah. Zvorovka, we finished 14th. Uh, a comfortable 14th. We were eight points off the relegation spots, but a point behind Slavia. Wow. So you can see how bad they were. Yeah. How the, how the mighty have really genuinely improved quite a lot. Pavel Zavidov. Remember him? <laughs> Wheel him out again. Um, so, I mean, the, our last couple of, you know, sort of, well, our last game against Slavia at home wasn't great, was it? No. Um, the ones, the two before that were actually pretty good um, because we got uh, we got draws each time. Though one was in, you know, truly bizarre circumstances, of course. That was the um, the match where they went down to 10 men. After, That's right, very early on. Yeah, yeah they're, time. They're, they still look more threatening than us. It was where the the keeper got sent off and they had to bring on that kid whose yes. name I can't remember. Yeah, who just looked just panicked, lost. Yeah, um, and somehow we didn't you know get anything out of that. Though I'm not actually surprised. Um, so I mean, should we just get the excuses in early? They've yep. got more money than us. They're better. 
team. <laughs> I was just going to uh, say, they're, they're better. Yeah. <laughs> That's all you need we to say, really. We're down players through injury and now one by suspension. Um, and, and really, you know, they'll, the, the problem is as well, right, is that now that Slavia... Slavia have, until the other week, pretty much been behind Pilsen every single step of the way. And now they've finally got their noses in front, I think they're going to try and fight tooth and nail in order to keep that. Yes. So, um, a couple of just actual interesting notes I'd, I'd say about Slavia. And also, and also, Pilsen having a wobble right yes. now. This is this, this is the time Slavia, like, Slavia smell blood at this point. Yeah. So, I mean, the, um, the one good news, bit of news maybe, is that um, Iham Osu got sent off against part of it at the weekend. Mm-hmm. So they're going to have to rejig their centre-backs. <laughs> centre-backs, oh, no one has problems with them. Um, what I found was quite interesting was they came back and they, they scalped uh, Yablonets 5-1. And who was among the scorers and played for a large amount of the game but Mick, uh, Mick Van Buren. Mick Van Buren. So Mick Van Buren um, came back. His He was alone at Slovan Liberec. <laughs> Hashtag not my 19th century president. Sure, right. Because <laughs> um, he, yeah, he came back in January and actually four players came back from Slovan Liberets uh, in January mm. and only one of them's gone back out on loan again. Um, but it looks like they want to keep Van Buren on. He's played the last two games. I wouldn't be too shocked to see him again. <clears throat> um, he's a curious case because wherever he's gone, he's looked like an absolutely solid centre forward. Yeah, was, I'm seeing him a lot for this league. For, when he was playing for Cesc yeah. Ludovic. What's wrong with him? He's yeah. fine. So he's yeah. good. He's only like 30 as well, Van Buren. So, you know, could do a job. Loan him here. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, but, you know, player, I think player movement generally. I mean, the fact that you get someone back on loan that's that good and you can just put them in is nice. Mm. But even like, I mean, I'm going to go very, you know, quickly into some transfers just because I think it demonstrates a point. So, um, you know, uh, they've lost Yerasor, right, to Genk. And Genk paid 6.5 million euros for him. But mm-hmm. like, we're not getting players out of the door who are getting paid 6.5 <clears throat> million euros. Nope. And we can't, and, then, and, and if we did, would we be taking that money to then go and strengthen the squad? Nope. No. What's weird is they've gone to Norway for this. So. No way! No way! Christos Zafiris comes two point six, and these are these are declared um, fees paid actually, um, two point six million euros for this guy called Christos Zafiris um, from Hogesund. Um, he's like a holding midfielder, and then um, Igo Ogbu, two point five million from Lillestrøm, um, who is a twenty two year old Nigerian centre back. Um, Zafiris is 19. You're paying 2.6 million euros for a 19-year-old. So this is very much... You have a couple of good seasons, or you have a good season, you're going wherever you are next for 10 million. Yeah. So it is the business. That's a, that's a, a, uh, a sort of champion... Like, like a sort of upper championship level punt, isn't it? That's a sort of Sheffield United-style punt, oh, isn't it? 2.6 yeah. million from Scandinavia somewhere and, on a centre-back prospect and of course, in a much richer yeah. league. That is Slavia doing some... Doing some, doing some decent business there. And then what's well, what's interesting about that as well is that now that you have 
Like, these guys haven't played a minute yet. They've come in in January, right? So only, there's only been two league games. So they haven't, you know, had you know, been on. I'm not sure if they've been on the bench. I didn't look that closely. But now if your squad has got your nose in front, basically, and you're playing while you're putting five past Yablonets, for example, okay, there was a wobble in that game as well. But, like, how are you going to get in? <laughs> or why would you? Why would you put the guys in? You know, when your team is, if your team is settled and your team is doing this. But... You know, if you have a player who's out, you know, yeah. center back like they do, we could easily see twenty-two year old um, Nigerian uh, from Norwegian club. Um, but even regard, even regardless, like they haven't, like they haven't lost since October. They've lost three times this season. The last time they lost in October was a surprise as well. It was two 0 to Sigma, but you know, if this is just the problem, right? Because you know, you can put on, you can. I would imagine we line up quite similar and put an alley later. Mm. That's what we'll do. But if you're in Slavia's shoes or whatever, you, you start Mick Van Buren, right? And if Mick Van Buren, you know, isn't isn't getting anywhere, then you put on, you know, Stanislav Tetzel, who's got <laughs> nine goals. Or, you know, who's supporting these people? You've got Linger, Olyinka, Yurechka. Yeah. Like you can put there's so many people at the bench. Yeah. My you know, my actual actual Champions League level players and full internationals. Yeah. I say it all the time, he's not played enough, get him out on loan, get him to Zbrojovka, Ivan Schrantz. Schrantz. Like you know, like you can just bring Ivan Schrantz <laughs> off the bench. Just bring him on for a laugh. Yeah. You know, who 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 can we bring off the bench? This is the problem, you know. Robert Matyov. Lukas Rogershan. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Swap him. <laughs> um, it, it's gonna be a shame. Um it's also, I mean Saturday night, six o'clock kickoff, isn't it? As well, yeah. there will be certain characters there, I believe, from certain other capital cities mm. who will be uh, looking for a scrap. Sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry. Um, I'm scrap at der Fußball gesuchen. Um, <laughs> I'm not saying. I'm not naming. I'm not naming names. I'm not naming. You know, fans. I imagine a lot of them will be there, and it'll be rubbish. Yeah, and we'll get pumped. Anyway, uh, in celebration of that. <laughs> Uh, should we have a beer of the podcast? Yeah, it's okay. Beer of the podcast! Good solid effort today. None of your, none of your rubbish. None of your messing around. Just in back to beer back of the to, podcast. Back to basics. Back, back to basics. Bosh. Exactly. Yes. Right. What do you got for me, Sam? Well, it's my turn, and I am uh, going again with a beer that I believe I have brought on of this style twice to the podcast. Right. And each time you've disliked it. So, okay. Sorry. We're going to one of my favourite beer styles, which is the Gosa. The Gosa. Um. And I believe the um, there haven't been good reviews. <laughs> <laughs> what? Look, you're 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 already telling me this is going to be crap. For um, no, um, because I like a ghost. <laughs> Not a lot of people do, I think. Right. Because this is uh, you know this is that um, brewing style from around about Leipzig in, in in Germany, which disappeared for quite a you know a long time, and it was sort of brought back again. Uh-huh. Like almost only like forty years ago, I believe, or something like that. Because this is almost like quite it's, it's quite fermented. It lends itself quite well to fruits. Right. But, you know, and, and these sorts of things. But the thing that people can't get over is that it can be described as salty. Mm. Or it tastes that it's salty. But this is a local effort. We've had this brewery on here before. 
Kos. Yes. Um, and this is the... Koshkrot. Koshkrot Goset. So, I know nothing about it. It was one of those ones, David, that I went into the shop to buy a beer because we needed a beer for the podcast. I saw Gosa and I couldn't look past it. Fine. So, this, again, reasonably pricey. I think Nice label, though. Lovely label. Really nice label. 150 crowns, I think it was, for a 75. Mm-hmm. You are... Um, but you are also supporting a local Burno brewery. Right. So you can well, feel good about it. let's see. Let's have a... So, I don't know what this is. There's not much info on it, on the... Okay. Bottle. So I don't know what the um, specific flavouring is or if it has one of these sorts of it things. It doesn't smell here. awful, I have to say. It by, is by my 4.9 okay. ABV. By my nose, it doesn't smell that bad. It doesn't smell that And I can already, so. I can already tell you that I'm almost sure that there's some coconut in that. Okay. Just smell it. Alright, well, here we go. There is coconut in that. Now, here's the thing. The initial taste is of salt, but it's not salty. That's the thing. It doesn't... The previous ghosts that we've had Mm -hmm. have been like... Trad ones. Yeah, have been like aggressively salt. This has... As soon as it hits your mouth, it's salt all the way. Yeah. But then... When it gets into your sinuses and it gets to the back, there is a bit of fruit on it. It's pina colada. It is a it? little bit pina colada. It's coconut, yeah. pineapple. I'm not sure about this one. I think I prefer a gusso when it's either um, like straight up, or it's it's actually one of those sorts of like uh, one of my favourite gusses that I had was a, a, a gooseberry one. You see now it lends itself quite well into that. You see so. now on the back, that's really nice. I really like that now. Oh, that's great. If I got you into gusses. No, you've got me into this one. <laughs> and that's a very different thing. Because as yeah. you say, this is not, as you said, a very traditional... It's like a gateway. It's like a gateway drug, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it really uh... is, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, that's... I can deal with that. That's a good I mean, effort, of course. I mean, you know, seeing as the previous two gusses we've had have basically had me having two sips and you finishing the rest of it for me. Yeah. I feel I can deal with this. We had a very expensive one, if I remember, the Axiom, that I got from Axiom, that cost yeah. 250 crowns for the can or something like that. I couldn't even get past the smell, they've I got think. A, they've got it a nice really one nailed in, me. They've got a nice one in there right now. You say nice. I like a gossip. <laughs> so, so um, there we go. On the home stretch now, listener. Yeah, would you like a quick listener's mailbag? Yes. It's time for a listener's mailbag, baby. (laughs) (laughs) That was unexpected. Hello. Tweet at us always, (laughs) don't say maybe. Hello, listener. Uh, We we put a question out on social media on uh, at Zbrovcast on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, Your coldest Zbrovcast, Zbrovcast, Zbrovka watching experience. 
Um, and uh, it kind of expanded out into uh, other teams as well. I've got a couple to rip through from Facebook here. Okay. Um, Kenny, Kenny Bell, uh, Sbrocka versus Zizhkov, 6-0. was much worse for the away fans. If you remember that, it was the one that was slashing down and we were, I think, 4-0 up at the break. This is the one. Didn't um, didn't Dan join us from Prague for that game? Yes. And then he was in the home end with us because there was just yeah. no roof in the away end. And even then, he left at half-time, basically. So if you were down the away end... Dear me. Yeah, that was a <clears throat> bad one. He He's putting that up against the 1993 B&Q Cup final between Falkirk and Sid Mirren at Fir Park. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a canny thing to do. Well done, son. That well, like that actually, you know, when I hear Falkirk against St. Mirren, it does like, even in the summer, that sounds like a cold game. Um, right, we've got um, Greg Aitkins, Rovka versus Dukla. I think January 2013... First time I've left a game at halftime, football dross, wind strafing into the old Cotel. However, I did see a Dukla Prague away kit. <laughs> yeah, good. Fair. I'm surprised that they took a fan. <laughs> oh, actually, it'll just be the team, won't it? It'll yeah. just be their Dukla Prague away kits. Um, um, excellent uh, sort of uh, social media contributor to the Facebook page, uh, Christoph Genati. Uh, Christoph Janati here. Uh, Liberets versus Yilava, February 2005, was his generally coldest ever. Just wrote, coldest ever and windy. That's all we got. Uh, Kev Lamb, uh, Sunderland, uh, our, our sort of resident Sunderland yes. fan. Grimsby away, December 1993. Oh, wow. uh, coldest I've ever been at a game, and it was abandoned after six minutes due to snow. And wow. possibly my favourite answer on Facebook, Marek Fischer. Yeah. Any game in Yihlava, it doesn't matter if it's winter or summer, it's just always cold there. It is always cold. <laughs> it's always Yihlava. cold there. Yeah. Always cold in Yihlava. Yeah. Um, That's going to be the title of our book when we finally get it out. It's always cold in Yihlava. Yeah. It's like it's always sunny in Philadelphia, but Isn't the so? like Highland version. So, uh, David, in terms of, you know, from this, um, what is your coldest experience? And is it actually the same as my one? Um, you're going for I am going, the friendly. I am going for the friendly of um, Vishkov against uh, Zbrojovka. No, I'm going for, and I think I've told you this before, but probably not on air. It was, it was us playing Banik first game back after the winter break about ten years ago, where there was about three inches of snow everywhere. Uh, the kickoff was delayed by 45 minutes, but it was snowing the whole time because Banik fans were making a right nuisance of themselves. So actually, in total, we were standing out in about minus eight in the snow for about four hours mm. in Sector S. So there was yeah. no roof or anything. That was... My toes had fallen off by the end. Like, I, I, was, mm. I was genuinely worried for my extremities at that point. I'm sure. Um... I didn't get any good responses on Twitter. You have to do better <laughs> if you're listening. Twitter.com forward slash Broyovcast. Come and pity me. But I did get a um I did get we did get a, a bit of a, a comment from uh, the wonderful football underscore tourist on mm. um, Twitter, which is another great um, account. And actually, he's um, he's calling us out, David. And actually, he is quite right to do so. Oh yeah, because we have been talking as well about um, uh, the stadium refurb uh, or not refurb the new stadium with Parubitsa mm -hmm. um, recently. So um, basically, um, 
Pod Venezia is still Pod Venezia is still standing. It's the summer stadium that got renovated, so it's a new ground for groundhoppers. And he's right. Yeah. I remember this now. They're not on. They're not doing up Pod Venezia. It's the summer stadium, and that's the summer stadium where they traditionally played, I believe, in a previous life as well. Um, but yes, if you would like the listeners' mailbag to continue, please let us know. Please, but, please, but you have to tweet. Yeah. You have to tweet me. Please mail us things in. Yes. Right. We'll we'll sponsor anything. We've gone through this before. We'll sponsor anything. Right. Bannock. Bannock. The friendly derby. <laughs> Um, yes, but what about Bono versus Banik? The friendly derby. Right. Okay. Um, we we won last time. We did, much didn't to everyone's we? Everyone's surprise. Yeah, much to much to a broken limb after being hurled down some steps in joy. Yes. As well. Yes. Um, started reasonably slow. Looked okay in the latter parts of it, didn't we? Two late goals. Yeah. We were behind that for an hour. But that was Pavel Vorba's Banik Ostrava. Yes, which is now, um, pa- yeah, now not to be confused now, of course, with Pavel Vorba's um, Zlin. Yes. Of course. That's, that's This is, right, very quickly, can on. I say, if we get rid of Dostalik, this is my main worry, is that it's going to be one of the merry-go-round of incredibly average Czech managers that panic. comes in. It'll be Panik. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Panik on the streets of Brno. Exactly. Yes. Um, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm just going to put that out there. Not that I don't want Dostalek necessarily to go, because I kind of do, but it's going to be an incredibly unimaginative appointment were yeah. he to go. Anyway, Banik. Yes. Not Panik. Yeah, so Banik. Pavel Verba, remember him, he lasted four months. Uh, yeah, so times are tough at Zlin because he's gone over there. God, you wouldn't want to be a Zlin um, fan um, generally, but also uh, during this time, I suppose. Um, the annoying thing is that we have this habit, David, of... Uh, any time that we start to need points, we then go back um, to play teams again who have now gone right into form. Yeah. And this is... Um, this is this is smack on form here. This is it. They're three points ahead of us in ninth, right? Um, and they've got a positive goal difference. That's something we haven't had for some time. We've got... I think, do we still not have like the worst or second worst defence in the league? It's really bad, It's yeah. bad. Um, but... You know, so they'll be a bit disappointed because they drew with Zlin. Actually, the Verba Derby, I suppose, <laughs> which won. Um, so one each and they took the lead. So you'll they'll be a bit disappointed with that. It was away. There was that fireworks display who were telling me about yes. as well, weren't you? Yeah. Ridiculous. Just how do you get fireworks like that into a stadium? Anyway, um, but you'll have noticed that their um their game at the weekend was was pretty good. Um, just yeah. thumped definitely. Only the five goals and only the five different goal scorers. Yeah, were they four 0 up at half time, I believe. So yeah, um, that's a new keeper for Teplice as well. Oof. Welcome to the Czech league, um, <laughs> brother. Um, what I found kind of interesting when I was doing this, and this is a short preview. I'm not going to go really too much into it. Is that Ostrava have not really brought anyone in. Mm. So, like, because it looks like the strategy is to to ride things out maybe until the summer where like Happel can build a squad that's his squad basically because if I recall didn't Verba take a lot spend a lot of money on players that turned out to be not that great well the thing is it is not a bad squad as it is mm-hmm. it was just badly coached by Verba and you know these are not bad players these are 
again, it's like us. These are, well, actually slightly better than us. I think these are good players for this league. Yeah. They were just badly organised on the rubber, I think. Yeah. Would you would you swap would you swap like Resny Check for Yuri Klima? Um, on the spot here, on, sorry. on on current form or on all season on, form? I don't know. <laughs> on good looks, David. Like, <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> um, yeah. But I mean, because he's their big threat, right? And yeah. then there's um, what's the last name Kuzmanovic as well, who yeah. looks quite nice in the midfield. We need some like some winger. some serious Klima control. They're they, going. <laughs> they're going. Absolutely mental, by the way, because when they were playing, um, they were playing like a properly winged up four one four one against Tepic. They were, so on there, yeah. They're just going pouring, pouring forward, um, and to be honest, we are so porous at the back that that strategy is probably going to work. Um, what I was thinking, what I was just like, they got one guy in, and he's um, what's his name? It's uh, Enio Enio Bitri from uh, FK Partizani. Okay, the three uh, centre back, three caps for Albania. Good. Good to see. Um, but they haven't brought anyone in. And part of me was then thinking, is this because it's, you know, the team's too good to go down, which, spoiler alert, it is. Or is it that he they realistically also think that they might have a chance to crack into Europe? And then I could be wrong. So I'm looking for everyone's advice here outside as well, because maybe I'm reading the, the things wrong. But basically, I think Europe's almost done at this point, because I think we get four spaces. Yeah, it's going to be that top three plus... Cup winner. Yeah. So, because actually, because the gap between um, Sparta and Bohemians in fourth is eight points. Mm. Now, I would say pretty much every single team, like from fourth to about 13th, is a bit of a much of a muchness this season. Inconsistent, some decent enough squads, liable to go on some horrendous runs. Like there are th- hello yeah well us really I mean there are clearly two maybe three direct teams right now and then everyone else is sort of the same yeah so also does this mean that we might have a a pointless middle group again well here's hoping we have a pointless middle group and here's hoping that we're in it yes frankly. I would love actually. We get into the middle group. They still organize it like that stupid knockout. We just get knocked out by Milan yeah. and Boleslav first game, and everyone goes to the beach. Exactly. Yeah. We'll or see. or Malta. The <laughs> yeah, to to put a final note on this basically, um, because I've not really talked too much into the the strength of Bannock. I've just generally talked about some things. Is that one thing to keep in mind? Um, is the proximity between uh, Ostrava and Brno, and the fact that there are many. Ostravans who study here, who live here, um, and just historically, Banik have a very vocal, very partisan travelling support. Mm. So they're going to be compared with a lot of other teams that will come to Brno and get a result by just being, you know, better. Like they're going to really be roared on. I would be shocked if there's less than three hundred away fans yeah. basically. Yeah. It'll be big, it'll be noisy, it could get a little bit mm, tasty, you know, for a, those sorts of people who are into that sort of stuff. Is it not a Saturday at three o'clock it's job Saturday as well? Yeah. Job, yeah. So absolutely perfect timing for or any away fans. I think it might be a Sunday. But either way, yeah. it's a three o'clock job and it's only hour and a half on the train in it really. Yeah, so. two hours to get to Peruba maybe. Yeah. yeah. So I mean it'll be it'll be fun. Um Expect to be searched when you go yes. in. Let's see. Um, also, uh, this is this should be the uh, debut of the six hundred thousand crown fence. The fence. Yes. Um, 
I want to see, frankly, I want to see more. I want to see crocodiles and a moat <laughs> and lads on turrets. Yeah. Some some guy on balcon fans with a sniper rifle. Just to just just to really get the the whole Czech football spirit up there, you know. Stalag Luft <laughs> Exactly. Like, yeah. is, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, we've seen the state of Pardubitz's away section. Like Stalag Luft, though, yeah. the stadium will also be full of Nazis. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> exactly. I, anyway, I want crocodiles and a moat. This is what I'm going for. And tank traps. <laughs> I'm all about it. War. What is it good for? I mean, I'll take a nil nil. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely nil nil. Right. Uh, That's yeah, it from us. us for that one. Uh, follow us on all the socials at Sproyovcast. And uh, thank you very much for listening, listener. Sometimes I feel like throwing my hands up in the air. I know I can count on you. Bye. See me through.